for freedom every day. They're learning at a young age. They're being taught the socialists control the ones that are blaming Republicans for being Nazis, for being fascists, the ones that are promoting some type of cancel culture, the ones that are promoting some type of agenda of uh, shadow banning. Realize at a young age that, hey, sure, you can have your freedom of speech, but we can block your funding. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome into it. It's another weekend ready for another great hot infested weekend across the nation. Hopefully you're being able to stay cool the best that you possibly can. Welcome into a broadcasting out of the heart of the nation here at the Hoosier Media Network Studios in the great state of Kansas. And it's great to have you along for the ride this weekend. We have a lot to get to. Obviously, another big week. <laughs> I think it was geriatrics week in Washington, D.C., as we have a lot of uh, weird news, I guess, this week coming out. Uh, we're, for the first time on the program, we're really going to focus on two hours of somewhat of the same theme and same topic on the show that we'll break down throughout here. Coming up bottom of this hour, really happy to have on Drew Thomas Allen, host of the Drew Allen Show podcast. He's been on the weekday show many times before, as he is another great online fighter for the millennial generation. We got to stick together, man, because I think it's time for us to start uh, working together and actually banding together and actually setting a platform for what the next generation will do when we take over, because I think it's time for us to start taking over. And isn't it? I think prime example, that's what we saw this week, because have no fear, ladies and gentlemen, we'll break it down. The voice of reason is here. Ah, see, there it is. All right. So let's first off, I, I have a massive amount of audio clips. I'm going to try and play on the program today, but uh, let's do our first before we get into the big issue that we can review as usual as just yesterday, a couple days ago, Joe Biden ended up uh, trying to sign an executive order and like usual, holding a nice big uh, event, people coming over, standing behind him, acting like they actually supported everybody doing the golf clap as they support him signing a bill. Well, he does the ceremony, does the speech and then gets down and starts talking to people, shaking hands, taking pictures, scuffling around like he usually does. Before the aha moment kicks on and realizes that he actually forgot to sign the executive order in the first place. I'm coming back to shake your hand, but I forgot I didn't sign the order. <laughs> All that talk and no action. <laughs> yeah, so that's how we wrap up this week with Joe Biden in our latest uh, Biden basement. Let's go into the Biden basement. Now, as you know, this isn't the first time that Joe Biden's been doing some ridiculous stuff and he's getting worse by the day. The question is, how long will he be able to remain in the office? I'm not here to poke fun at him uh, specifically today, at least. We like to do that. It's kind of low hanging fruit on the program. But we have some bigger issues to address because my question is for you today is how long should someone be in office when they're mentally and cognitively enabled to do so? Because this week, definitely in Washington, D.C., was Geriatric Center. And this is not making fun of elderly individuals in any way, shape, or form. It is, however, questioning the idea that if you're going to be in office, can you at least do the job that you're intended to do? Now, I know that there's a lot of ego that goes on in Washington, D.C. I also know that there's a lot of pride in Washington, D.C., two things you're not really supposed to have a whole lot of except for being prideful in yourself, but being prideful in what you do and not trusting the new generation to come in and change things up. How are we going to change things up? Well, we'll talk about that here in a little bit. But first, let's talk about where they're at, because the average elected official in Washington, D.C. right now is starting to get a little bit lower with some fresh blood coming in, at least in Congress in general. 
but not in leadership positions. Right now, according to, uh, what is this? According to the Washington Post, the average overall medium age for an elected official in Washington, D.C. is 59 years old. In the Senate, it's 65. Uh, the median usually floats between 57 to 58 for the past decade as it's slowly but surely creeping up further and further. But I want you to really take a look at all of the elected officials and where they're at. Joe Biden's 80 right now. We have now the Speaker of the House that is, it is Kevin McCarthy now, a little bit younger, but prior to that was Nancy Pelosi, who's also in her 80s. We have Chuck Schumer. We have Mitch McConnell, who's 81 years old. We have leadership that refuses to give up power. And whether it's because they don't trust the young generation, whether it's because they're just so self-centered, they don't want to relinquish that power. I don't know what it is. We know the motive behind some of them, like John McCain, when he, before he passed away, when he had brain cancer, where he despised Donald Trump so much, he didn't want somebody in there to go along with the Trump agenda. So even while he was incapacitated and in, uh, unable to actually fulfill his duty as a senator of the United States, he still was holding on to his power. He was sitting in the hospital refusing to go and actually vote or do anything. And then he passed away with the idea that he was going to spite Donald Trump as long as he possibly could. And obviously that's a bit of an egotistical thing. We thank him for his military service, but was one of the worst elected officials that we've had in the past couple of decades in Washington, D.C. Let's be honest. Liz Cheney, thank God she's out. We had the Cheneys that were in there for a while. We've had a few of them that maybe haven't been up to the par that Republicans usually like to hoard ourselves to. But it was a week where geriatrics really showed themselves really to the point to where it's concerning for a state of national security. It's concerning in the fact that we don't have anybody that really knows how to think through an idea or even be able to present a proper idea. Politics is supposed to be the ability to debate. Politics is the ability to look at an issue, investigate an issue, and come up with some solutions. Politics and government is supposed to be the foundation of structure on how the, uh, how the nation is supposed to operate without crumbling and falling apart and going into anarchy. And right now, we have anarchy. Obviously, we played Joe Biden. This was Dianne Feinstein, the 90-year-old that's in Congress, who is supposed to do nothing more than just a simple roll call. We will now vote to report the defense appropriations bill favorably subject to amendment. The clerk will call the roll. Senator Feinstein. Um, say aye. Yeah, say aye. aye. Say aye. Do the roll call. Yeah. Say aye. Uh, to say. I, I would like to support a yes vote on this. Um, it provides eight hundred and twenty-three yep, billion. Yep. Say, say That's aye. That's an increase of twenty-six billion for the Department of Defense, yep. and it funds priorities submitted. Yeah, just say aye. Okay, just yeah, just say 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 aye. Aye. Oh, thank you. Hey, all right. Thank you very much. All right. Oh, well done, Diane Feinstein, ninety-year-old. That's there. Hey, say aye. Roll call. We're just making sure you're here. I'd like to support this bill and all it entails, and I think it's going to be fantastic. What? What are we doing here? The other members of Congress, by the way, laughing as they realize that she has no clue what she's doing. This is what's supposed to be leading us into the future. This 
is supposed to be the elected officials, the leaders that are setting the tone on how great this nation's supposed to be. These are the leaders that have been there forever deciding our fate on a daily basis. And that's a little concerning. That, of course, on our side, our very own Republican side, that one with over 90% of the Republican support as the Senate minority leader, we had the freeze from Mitch McConnell just a few days ago as well during a press conference. After finishing the NDA uh, this week, it's been good bipartisan cooperation and a string of... Uh, uh, there we go. As he stares blankly, as he just disappears, wanders off. It's still going. Picture's being taken. Hey, uh, Mitch, you, you doing all right, buddy? Doing okay? You okay? Oh, finally. Now they're finally coming to check on him. Hey, you okay? You good? Good there, buddy? Okay, Mitch. Anything else you want to say? I'm sure it's good back to your house. No, I want to go. Anything else to the press? No. And he just walks off. And he just walks up. That, again, right there is the Senate minority leader for the Republican Party. That's the one fighting Chuck Schumer to decide what the Republicans are going to stand for. He's the guy that's supposed to be whipping the Republican Party in the Senate to decide how we're going to vote on particular issues. You're telling me that that is the greatest that we possibly have in the Republican Party to decide the fate of the Republicans on the Senate side when it's a really, really hard fight because we're in the minority right now. When is enough enough. Now, Elon Musk got some flack because he tweeted out that he, maybe we should have a constitutional amendment. Give, didn't give any details on it. They're like, uh, all the media went after him. What kind are you talking about? And whether it's something like a term limits bill, which would be okay, two to three terms, done, over, finito. You don't need to be in office since the 1970s and still being in office now. Or whether it's some type of law saying that if you're going to be an elected official, you have to have an annual cognitive test to make sure that you're like stable. Maybe an IQ test in some way, shape, or form. We talked about this throughout the week when this happened. But this is getting dangerous because there is a vast contrast in priorities between their generation and the way they've operated politics and the younger generation, my generation, the ones that are starting to take over slowly but surely. And no, I'm not talking about the Alexandria Ocasio-Cortezes out there because she's a really bad example of what my generation actually represents while they try to hype her up to be the example, the epitome. This is the prime example of what the millennials actually are. Now, I'm sorry, that's not the case. And we need to change that narrative pretty quickly. But I don't know what needs to be done with them. Maybe the first thing would be, I don't know, to remove the pharmacy they built a couple of years ago in the Capitol building for these geriatric patients that are in there. Uh, I mean, Mitch McConnell's had, what, two or three falls over the last couple of months. Joe Biden's taken not the short plane, but taken the short uh, steps onto the plane now for Air Force One. Diane Feinstein's 90 and doesn't remember where she's at half the time. Chuck Schumer's starting to get up there. What are we doing? And why do we keep electing these in i guess that really comes down to you and i the voters and i know democrats like to just keep the old guard in which i guess if that's that what they what they want to do uh it's going to hurt them in the long run because uh they're not going to have some young fresh blood that actually has the experience to step up and take over when they do finally step down but at that point the democrats don't care They're so self-centered and so egotistical and so narcissistic, they don't care what the next generation does. Barack Obama refused to invest in the local parties across the nation. He refused to do any grassroots campaigning when he was president of the United States. He didn't do any of that. He did not focus on statewide Democrat parties. He didn't focus on grassroots campaigns for different candidates 
around in different districts. He, he didn't do any of that. Joe Biden obviously doesn't even campaign himself for crying out loud. There's no way he's going to get other parties or other candidates to actually get out there and help and uh, and do any aid for them in any way, shape or form. The Democrat Party is about ready to bust. My concern is that the Republicans are going to do the same thing. We're getting better. And we have the Young Americans for Freedom. We have the Young Americans Against Socialism. We have the Young Americans Foundation. I think it's still YAF, Young Americans or Young Americans, whatever. They have a bunch of different organizations. We're working on it, and we're at least trying. And one of the positive things about the Republican Party right now is that we at least have started to change the identity or the messaging or the PR of what the Republican Party looks like, the branding of the Republican Party. And it's good. We still have some more work to do, but at least we're moving in the right direction. But overwhelmingly, the other side, the younger generation, mine, supports the other side. They support the Democrats. We still have 46% of the young generation that supports socialism in some way, shape, or form. So we have some work to do to try to appeal to them, wake them up, and bring them back over to our side. The Democrats, however, while they have the young generation in their pocket as voters, they're not allowing them to take over. They do have the one Democrat that was being challenged for the Speaker of the House that wasn't going to go anywhere, but uh, he was a little bit younger. They're trying to at least bring some, but they won't relinquish the power at the top. And Joe Biden and Dianne Feinstein and even Mitch McConnell, they're all the prime example of that. When will we stop them and get some fresh blood in there? And when we do, what would that actually look like? be kind of interesting we have a lot to catch on we're going to go a lot deeper into this topic and more throughout the program it is the great weekend edition of the voice of reason lots more to get to stay right here this is the voice of reason with andy hoosier fighting for freedom every day this is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into the program. 24 minutes past the hour. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting. However you watch or listen to the show, we always love you to death. Appreciate you hanging out. So we have, and again, this is not making fun of the elderly generation in any way, shape, or form. But if you can't handle a job, then why are you in the position? And when is it time to finally step down? And when will the other side... Instead of just voting, maybe this comes down to obviously a voter issue because we continue to allow these people to stay in there. But when do we finally say we're not going to have you in? It's time to kind of slide off to the side and do your thing. Thanks for your service. We appreciate everything that you've done. This is a Democrat speaking to someone like, you know, Joe Biden or Diane Feinstein, who's 90 years old, by the way. And you're still an active member of Congress. That's a little crazy. But if you still like them, just because, well, I don't follow politics, I don't really care, I don't really know, but I know that name, name recognition, baby, and sometimes that's beneficial for some, and I'm just going to keep on voting for them over and over and over again until they finally just disappear. But then it's almost like when Rush Limbaugh stepped away from the radio waves, and there was a vacuum in the radio industry for who was going to, quote-unquote, take that slot. And everybody wondered who was going to fill the shoes of Rush Limbaugh, and no one's going to fill the shoes of Rush Limbaugh. However, there was a scattering of multiple different programs that came on within that time slot nationwide from, you know, Buck and Clay and Dan Bongino. And uh, it's a, there's a whole bunch. I mean, you could list a, a massive amount of shows all over the country that are in that time slot. And they're all really great shows. They're all fantastic programs. But 
no one's going to really fill the shoes of someone like a legend of Rush Limbaugh who really started this type of format. Same thing with a lot of these seats. Uh, Unfortunately, in politics, there is, I've said this many times, there are two things that make you popular in politics, and that's money and that's a good PR team. And as long as you have money, which apparently you get if you're in Washington, D.C. long enough that you can get all the special projects and all the kickbacks from certain programs, then you become a millionaire. So you have the money and then you get the name recognition just by being on the ballot, in which case it's easier and easier for you to just win without even having to try in an election, although I will say that will backfire. As Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was the prime example of that, and whether we like her or not, we like to poke fun of her, we got to give her credit. When she ran uh, for her seat the very first time, she did the legwork. She actually did the grassroots campaigning, and guess what? In that primary, where the incumbent was there for a very long time, 10, 20 years, whatever it was, uh, she ended up winning by 15,000 votes. She got 15,000 people to show up and vote for her in the primary, beating the Democrat in that primary. That was completely an upset. And now she's in a solid blue district, and now she's got that name recognition. So she put the work in. The establishment is not locked in and secured It's just getting the right people out to turn out and vote, which, by the way, we are going into August next week, which is really hard to believe. But you probably have some local elections coming up here soon here in Kansas, where where I'm at here with our flagship uh, for the studio. Ours is coming up on Tuesday, August 1st, for our primaries for city councils and school boards and mayor's races, the ones that are the quote-unquote off-season elections, but probably some of the most important ones that you can have. And if someone's been in there, forever or if you even know that they've been in there because some people don't even pay attention to your local politics i highly encourage you to really do some studying many of them at least in many places are nonpartisan, which makes it difficult for you to decide whether it's a republican or a democrat and many individuals don't know who's on their local school board many have never shown up to a school board office don't let the diane feinsteins and the mitch mcconnell's and the joe biden's take over at your local office as well because then you're really in a world of hurt when it comes to the education for your children and your sales taxes at the local level and your local property tax rates and your local government spending and then god forbid another COVID 19 pandemic hits then you're really in a world of hurt when they're the ones deciding whether you're allowed to go outside whether you're allowed to wear a mask whether you're allowed to actually go to work or whether you have to get a vaccine to function in society in any way shape or form Kind of in the mood to just like clean house, just swipe it all, start all over with the fresh blood. But what would that look like when the young generation takes over? Interesting. Drew Thomas Allen, right around the corner when we come back here on The Voice of Reason. Stay here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Reason meets radio. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Oh yes, indeed it is. Your weekend edition here, the Voice of Reason. Welcome into it. Thanks for hanging out. Trying to cram that ten pounds reason into that five pound bag. Trying to rebrand the millennial generation one radio listener at a time. Hey, I want to tell you. Uh, I'm sure you know that Americans been kind of stagnant economically for the past few years. We're floating 15 to 20 percent in inflation in just the three years alone under the Biden administration. While he goes out there and tries to parade it around his uh, great, successful, quote unquote, Bidenomics, it's a complete disaster. And the fa- it, it's like him taking the uh, oh, let's go, Brandon. Yeah, I agree. Ha ha. 
Yeah, we coined Bidenomics. We're the ones that talked about how bad and how terrible those policies were. And yet he continues to go around and campaign and talk about how good it is. Guess what? It's time to unleash economic progress across the nation. Americans for Prosperity. They've launched their massive nationwide campaign for the summer, calling out the Bidenomics for what it actually is, which is failed economic policy. The real fact checkers are here, and it's time to let the people know what's really going on. Be part of the Bidenomics is broken campaign by you just letting people know the truth about the economy, whether it's helping knock on doors, making phone calls, financially supporting the organization, or just talking to your family and friends and neighbors. It's time we bring some truth, reason, and common sense back into the economy And that's what we're doing with Americans for Prosperity, the country's largest grassroots organization with chapters in every state and over 4 million advocates nationwide as well. For more information on how you can help this massive campaign for truth or for information to take the truth to the streets, just by talking to your family and friends and neighbors doing the barbecues, you can find all the information online at americansforprosperity.org. Again, that's americansforprosperity.org. You can also follow them on their social media sites at AFPHQ. AFPHQ on the social media help reignite that American dream by calling out the failed Biden economic policy with Americans for prosperity. Let's get into what's trending today. What do you say? What's trending today? As, let's shift gears a little bit. Really happy to have this guy on the program for the first time here on the weekend syndicated program as we've had him on throughout the, our weekday show many, many times before. He is the host of the Drew Allen Show podcast. You can find him online as well. Mr. Drew Thomas Allen on the line with us here. Drew, what's going on, brother? Hey, it's so good to be with you. It's an honor to be with you on this Saturday show. Man, I appreciate it. It's good to have you on the show. It's, uh, I tell you what, man, it is blowing up like a weed, and we have to get this out there. The first half hour of the show, we were talking about geriatrics corner throughout this last week. Joe Biden making a gaffe, forgetting that he signed, uh, that he didn't even sign the executive order that he was there to do after making his little speech. Diane Feinstein going off completely off the rails and not even knowing what's going on, just rambling on about ridiculous stuff. We have Mitch McConnell completely freezing up and having some type of seizure in the middle of a press conference. And they're just like, oh, we'll just take him back to his office and get him his medication. All's good. These aren't the droids you're looking for. I mean, Drew, how much longer do we have to have 80 plus year olds being the leaders of the free country? when I think this is turning into a serious epidemic, we should be declaring a state of emergency right now. Yeah, look, I mean, this is, this is crazy. I mean, it, it was bad enough when it was just, uh, I, I mean, it's hard because there's so many, right? I guess it actually started with Joe Biden. Everyone knows he's uh, cognitively impaired. And then, of course, you had Feinstein, that, you know, there were no updates on her health condition. They essentially lied to us about how severe it was, right? They just, oh, yeah, she's, uh, she's just recovering. She's doing this. And now it's Mitch McConnell, too. And you're right. I mean, I think, look, you're, you're, you're addressing, well, you have a, a big audience, but it's millennials like you are, I am. I mean, I think I look at this and I just think, you know, we're being ruled by our inferiors. I mean, these, these people don't represent me. Uh, uh, obviously, the, the, the proof of this, this kind of cabal, if you will, is so evident when there's no concern whatsoever. I mean, I saw them whispering in Feinstein's ear you know, trying to get her to make the right vote. It's like, here, let me just take your hand, keep the pin in there. I mean, that's what they've been doing with Joe Biden. It's like, who is running the country? These people aren't, I mean, look, in another way, Andy, what's crazy to me is, you know, the whether you're a Democrat or Republican, I mean, this is lost today in America, but whether you're a Democrat or Republican, you're still representing certain constituencies, right? So, I mean, Feinstein could be, yeah. in a, could be a Democrat and represent certain people in a certain constituency that wouldn't always go with the party line. But, like, we, we just have this situation where there's somebody back there behind the scenes that just kind of dictates how everything's supposed to go. 
That is very true. Is there a split? Like you said, they're not properly representing us. Is there a difference in the priorities, topical priorities, current events that we focus on as, say, the millennials, the ones that are up and coming, the ones that are about to start taking over elected seats across the nation, and the priorities that they've had in the nation? Are we seeing kind of a split here? I mean, the one that comes to mind, which is always a fun topic to talk about, and people always get fired up one way or the other, is marijuana, for example, where the, our generation... Uh, overall a little bit more uh, relaxed on issues like this when their generation's like no the reefer madness it's completely evil it's going to lead to the harder drugs going to lead to crime yada yada when our generation doesn't really care quite as much about it are we seeing that division in maybe priorities of what we want focused on in washington dc well i think so to some extent i mean i hate to say it seems like the quote-unquote you know zoomers uh, Democrats, you know, they're the ones who are most vocal about what they want, which is insane. You know, they want to give up their guns and everything. But yeah, I mean, speaking as a millennial, I mean, look, I, I mean, I, I think that the debt is, has long been a significant issue. I mean, that, that's significant to me. I mean, obviously, you know, that, that's not talking about marijuana per se, which is kind of a generational uh, gap. I mean, the debt's always been a problem, but I mean, that's threatening our generation and our livelihoods. Certainly, I mean, war in Ukraine, it's not necessarily millennial, but I mean, obviously, I think that you know, uh, the politicians are out of touch and not representing their constituents uh, in the sense that, you know, a lot of American people are sick of us just sending money over there and not knowing where it's going, what it's going towards, uh, making big accounting errors, uh, sending so much ammunition over there that, that we actually don't have any for ourselves remaining uh, with no explanation about what the end goal is. And I mean, it's just it's thing after thing after thing. But, you know, look, I mean, you and I are engaged in this ideological war because you've got so many Americans, I, I saw a poll, um, you know, 18 to 34, something like that. I mean, like something like 18 uh, percent say they're proud to be American. I mean, some uh, it's insane. Young people, yeah. our generation and, and behind that, that are just there's no patriotism. Um, and, and it, you know, there's there's ignorance about the country. I'm glad you brought that up. We just read that stat just a couple of days ago on the weekday program was that you're right. It's gone from near 40% in that generation, the 18 to 35, 18 to 40 uh, uh, age range. We've gone from near 40% uh, of supporting the country, having some sort of patriotism down to 18, 19% supporting patriotism. Drew, I mean, if that's the generation taking things over and we have less than 20% of the entire generation now, Again, take a poll with a grain of salt here. But if we have an entire generation that has less than 20% of that generation actually feeling patriotic in any way, shape, or form, if they're taking over the nation, do they really have the best interests in mind for the country and for the people here? Because it sounds like they just want to tear the country down and start all over, which would create anarchy. Yeah, yeah, it would. I mean, look... <laughs> We are experiencing – I don't know how late the stages are. I'm, I'm an optimist when it comes to the country, so I'm not here to tell people it's over. It's not. We're going to fight. We, we, we've been through this. We had the American Revolution. We had the Civil War. You know, we rise up and we do what needs, needs to be done. You know, I have confidence in, in our citizenry still. Um, but, you know, this is, this is Marxism here. I mean, they, they have totally convinced so many people in this country. I mean, Patriot – look, I, I encourage everyone, go back and, and read. I do this pretty often. Uh, George Washington's farewell address to the nation. Look, if I wanted to destroy America, I would go back to the founding fathers and look at what they warned Americans uh, not to do. And I would then take that and use that as a playbook. And, and one of the primary warnings he gave to the Americans even back then was, you know, you, you patriotism is basically the glue that's going to hold this country together. Patriotism is, is so fundamentally important to everything we do. And so if you can destroy that, obviously, you can start chipping away at everything else and you lose your country. 
I completely agree. We're talking with Drew Thomas Allen, Drew Allen Show podcast. You can find it on any of your favorite podcasting sites. Also, his website at DrewAllen.com as well. Someone on the live stream also mentioned John Fetterman, which is a whole, whole other issue. Yeah. So we have uh, we have Nancy Pelosi that's on the way out, but she's on the way up there. We have an 81-year-old Mitch McConnell that's having strokes in the middle of a press conference. Diane Feinstein that's making ridiculous comments and has no clue what's going on at 90 years old. Joe Biden being 80 years old. And again, I don't care about the age. But maybe Elon Musk sent out a tweet earlier this week saying that maybe we need to have some type of constitutional amendment. I mean, is it term limits? Is it like a yearly cognitive test? Is it like an IQ level to make sure that you know what a garbage disposal is or something? <laughs> See, AOC, well done. Uh, yeah. What type of test do we do to ensure that our elected officials at least know what's going on in their surroundings? Because right now, uh, I'm sorry, Pennsylvania, you guys literally have a senator that is in the hospital more than he is in Washington, D.C., that has depression and is struggling with mental health issues after a massive stroke or multiple massive strokes and shows up to press conferences to introduce the president of the United States in jogging shorts and a hoodie. No more suits for John Fetterman. I mean, Drew, come on, man. That's not representative yeah. government right there. No, no. And Fetterman with his his tire, I mean, he makes Zelensky look like he's dressed to the nines, you know. Uh, when he showed up to Congress, of course, you know, and basically a, a sweatsuit of sorts. But, yeah, I, I, I think, look, I mean, there are all kinds of proposals we can make to address these things, constitutional amendments and so on and so forth. But at the end of the day, I, I think it kind of misses the mark a little bit because what we need is just like sanity in the country. I mean, you can pass all the laws in the world. I mean, look, we have a constitution. We have laws and they're being violated every single day just in front of our faces by the Biden administration, for example, they, they don't they don't take the Constitution seriously. I mean, they're just trampling all over it. And so, I mean, really, you've got it. You've got so much work to do and taking back schools and public schools in particular that are just churning out these, uh, you know, American illiterates uh, who, who are just, you know, the next foot soldiers that are being recruited by the Democratic Party. Um, I mean, you know, and, and, you know, sanity would take over normal. Like if you have a situation like Einstein or whatever else, the country would simply say, OK, we've got to get rid of it. But they're not doing that. Yeah, they're not doing that. You're absolutely right. We've got to take a hard break here for just a minute. We're talking with Drew Allen, Drew Thomas Allen, the Drew Allen Show podcast. Uh, you're right. They're not focusing on the right issues. They don't know what to do. And again, it's not an age issue, but it's a cognitive ability issue to lead the country. We are literally supposed to be the strongest nation on the face of the earth economically, military wise. And we have some major issues of enemies wanting to destroy us. And it seems like we're almost making that job easy. What's the next step to get them out and get somebody in who cares about the country, who is patriotic and wants to do the right thing and has the capability of actually doing that? Lots more coming up right around the corner to wrap up our number one of Voice of Reason. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into the program. Last segment here for hour number one. Boy, oh boy, it flies right on by. We have so much to talk about. So little time to do it. Hour number two, we're going to continue this conversation as Drew, our guest today, Drew Thomas Allen for this hour, pointed out the latest polls showing the lack of patriotism, the ongoing decline of patriotism in the nation that could be a major issue. We have the I guess a little bit of good news is the decrease in support for socialism 
going from about 42% down to about 36%. So that's good news. But then what is the priority? What is the main focus on the generational differences of those that are involved in politics? As we kind of wrapped up this conversation, Drew, uh, I got to ask you, as we are looking towards the future right now, there's a poll is kind of a teaser for what we're going to do in hour two here is that they showed the younger quote unquote conservatives are not as concerned about economic issues as they are about trying to square off head to head with the other side on identity politics, on the gender issues, on these, on these weird social issues on abortion and gay rights and marijuana and all this other stuff. The young generation doesn't want to focus as much on economics. Drew, we've talked about a lot of times on this program to me, you can't have those conversations unless the economy is strong and stable. And right now, we don't have a strong, stable economy. No, we don't. And, you know, regardless of where you fall uh, opinion-wise about whether, you know, 12-year-olds should cut off their pee-pees and so on and so forth, um, <laughs> you know, all of these so-called faux rights that everyone's fighting for, uh, those aren't going to matter because economic damage doesn't discriminate. And look, I mean, we're, we're moving in the exact wrong direction. What's amazing to me, look, with this Bidenomics crap, you know, the, the Democrats fear Reaganomics, which, you know, they've named it Reaganomics, trickled down, you know, whatever. But it worked. And even the New York Times at the time that uh, Reagan obviously just slashed inflation and and just, you know, turned the economy completely around, uh, just un- unprecedented uh, economic prosperity. You know, the New York Times had to admit that his recipe worked. You can go back and look. I mean, the, the, you know, we have revisionist history happening all the time. And, you know, the, the Democrats, of course, if they continue on their course and if people don't wake up, uh, we're just a few short ways away from, from depression. I mean, the, the Fed is raising interest rates, a sure sign that recession's, you know, imminent. Um, you know, and anybody can go to the grocery store. The, the prices have doubled. And so when he when he comes out and talks about this crap about, you know, inflation's down, it compounds. So, you know, if inflation was 6% last, last month and it's 5% this month, it doesn't mean that it went down. It means it increased by less this month than last month. And that doesn't doesn't address the fact that it's outpacing wage growth. So everyone's yeah. more poor. I, I see this when I go to the grocery store, and it's unsustainable. And if you, if you combine that with what he's doing to the energy sector and the fact that he has plans to ban uh, fossil fuels essentially by 2035 with cars and everything else, the coal plants, what he's doing unconstitutionally, by the way, uh, you know, people are going to be begging for expensive oil because that's better than the fact that we'll have shortages in rationing of electricity. <laughs> Yeah, no, you're right. I think people are catching on to the fact that when he says that, oh, inflation's going down, it's only at three and a half, four percent right now. That's cool. But that's on top of the nine percent we saw last year. That's on top of the seven percent that we saw the year prior. I mean, what they're not telling us and for obvious reasons, because of it's a campaign season. But we're literally sitting at close to a 20 percent inflation rate for the three year period of Joe Biden. Drew, I'm pretty sure most jobs and most workers have not seen a 20 percent pay increase over the last three to four years to compensate for that inflation that we've seen so now we have thousands of dollars going out the door just to keep our normal lifestyle if you don't try to cut anything out and that's kind of a difficult thing to do well exactly and it's just astounding to me because the biden administration democrats are demanding that that American citizens actually just ignore the evidence in front of them and just listen to what they're saying instead. So you can go to the grocery store, you can look at your bank account, you can look at everything and realize that you're poor, but they're, but you're supposed to ignore that and believe that you're doing well because they say so. And I got to tell you, you know, even if there is a rematch, you know, between Donald Trump and Joe Biden, you know, it should be the easiest election ever because everyone lived under a Trump presidency and everyone lived under a Biden presidency. And you cannot, you know, it's like the Reagan question he asked in one debate with Jimmy Carter, are you better off? 
today than you were four years ago. No American can objectively say they were better in any capacity, whether it's, uh, you know, the border, national security, economy, uh, under Biden and Trump. It's easy. Yeah, it is very easy. It should be a very simple thing for people to realize, hey, I mean, the media even catches themselves when they interview people on the streets of, oh, hey, yeah, gas prices were cheaper under the last guy. Can we get that back, please? Makes a lot more sense. Drew Thomas Allen, check him out, DrewAllen.com. Go and check out the website, Drew Allen Show Podcast as well. Drew, it's good to get you on the weekend program. Let's do this again soon, brother. You too. Thanks, brother. God bless. Hey, always a pleasure to have you on the show. We'll do that. We love having him on, one of our favorite guests on the show. All right, right around the corner. We'll shift gears a little bit. We're going to talk about the difference in priorities from generation to generation in the political issues. Also, we'll talk with Mark Mix, National Rights Work Committee on Unions, the Labor Secretary hearings, and a heck of a lot more. This is your show. It's the voice reason. It's time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. Hour number two of the voice reason coming up right around the corner. Stay here.